just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hopefully your day is going well. It's Monday, starting another week. But it's not your typical Monday. As you know, it's Labor Day, so a lot of folks are off of work. A lot of folks are still going out with friends and family and having fun on this Monday, Labor Day, because they have the day off. And I thought, well, maybe I shouldn't do a podcast. You know, everybody else is just kind of taking it easy, spending time with family and that sort of thing. Uh, Maybe I shouldn't do a podcast. And then I realized that's every day for me. (laughs) I don't exactly have a tight schedule. I do some TikToks. I do the podcast at night. And that's about it. So the very least I can do is do a fucking podcast. And there's plenty of stuff to talk about, by the way. I will say yesterday was probably my favorite day in a long time. My wife and I were uh, slated to go over and uh, babysit my granddaughter, who's two and a half years old, for about four or five hours, and it was a fucking blast. You know, I talk to adults all the time. I do the podcast. I do the TikToks. But to sit and talk to this two-and-a-half-year-old for four or five hours was my favorite thing ever. She's a pretty good talker. She may be getting some of that from me because she talks nonstop, and she's pretty good at it, too, for her age. But we spend the day going to the park, swinging, um, singing and dancing to songs like Wheels on the Bus, Baby Beluga, the ABCs. Um, And I'm amazed that this little two-and-a-half-year-old knows her ABCs, knows her colors, can count to ten. In my mind, she's brilliant. She's a genius. Now, I'm sure a lot of grandparents feel that way, and probably a lot of kids can do that. But obviously, to me, she's kind of special. Uh, My younger son came over, too, to see her because she loves him and he loves her. So it was it was a fun day overall and a great way to spend a weekend day. And I'm glad I did it. Nonetheless, we are here for the podcast. So let's get to that. We're going to start out with a couple of emails. First one comes from Gordon. Gordon says, good morning, Boomer. And in parentheses, it says badass. Thank you for that, Gordon. I appreciate that. I'm 62 years old, but I'd like to think I'm a badass, (laughs) at least in my own mind. Anyway, I was listening to your Saturday podcast, and your take on CNN is correct. It's turning the corner to become Fox Light after all these years. We thought they have, and we're kind of in the middle, but not anymore. They need money. And like all other fucks, don't care anymore about truth or fairness. Anyway, for your information, I've started watching the Midas Touch guys on your on YouTube. Uh, they are fair and straightforward, truth, no bullshit. Everything I've seen from Midas Touch, I'd have to agree. I believe you've mentioned these guys before, and they have a great podcast. Yeah, I downloaded the podcast. haven't listened to it yet, but I intend to. Anyway, no question here. Just a heads up. I appreciate your effort and time you put in uh, to become more accurate and truthful. I, for one, love when you go off on shit because you are spot on. Thank you. P.S. 
Did you hear the latest bullshit dipshit Donnie said? Probably. They were at his place to look at Hillary Clinton's missing emails. This dumb fuck doesn't even know what an email is or how to uh, assess one. He's a fucktard. <laughs> well, you're on track there, Gordon. You're on track there. He's. Uh, this is something I've always said, even when they were saying that he's playing 3D chess. He's not. The man is not a bright man. He's not an articulate man. It's, 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 do you remember that movie? I think it was called The Great Zelig with, um, with uh, Woody, uh, whatever the fuck his name is, you know, the predator. <laughs> anyway, in that movie, here was this guy that was profoundly mentally disabled, but he watched a lot of TV, and then he would repeat things he'd hear on TV, and then... People would say, oh, that's profound, and they made him out to be this intelligent guy. And that's exactly what's happening with, uh, with Donald Trump and the trump Now, most of us can see he's an idiot. I mean, really, truly, profoundly dumb. Uh, but these folks think it's all genius, and whatever he says is true. And uh, so it's impossible to get them to change their minds. He'll always have a small faction of people that think he's brilliant. But Donald Trump is far from brilliant. He's absolutely ignorant. Um, I don't get it. And what you brought up about CNN, I have to reiterate what I said there. I don't understand CNN's ideas of going more to the right. I mean, the Republican Party is coming apart at the seams. These people are going to be exposed and the Republican Party and the right-leaning political parties, whether they be called Republican, Trump, Lefuck, or whatever they're called, are, are going to fade. So somehow CNN thinks we'll go that way and, and, and we'll make money. I believe they're mistaken. But, you know, what the fuck? That's just one less station I have to watch. And I am refusing to watch them anymore because I can't trust anything they say. Now, as I've said before, when I watch CNN or MSNBC or some of these other ones, I never trust what any of them say because I don't think any one of them are trustworthy completely. I don't think they tell the whole story, and I don't know that they're always accurate about the stories. So I look at the headlines, see the stories that are coming up, and if the stories seem interesting, then I'll dig deeper. You know, look at NPR, BBC, Reuters, AP, those are better sources for news. Uh, Midas Touch, that's a good one as well. All right, the next one comes from Peggy. I always wondered why politicians are not subject to a battery of psychological tests before they are allowed to run for office. It would prevent our country from being in the grips of those who are psychologically unfit, such as MTG and Trump, among others. Your daily friendly stalker. Peggy, you're, you're my stalker? I didn't even noticed. <laughs> I mean, I know the name. I didn't realize you were a stalker. But hey, thank you. Thank you. I don't know that I've ever had a stalker before, so uh, I'm all in, man. Thanks, Peggy. Uh, why they don't have a battery of psychological tests before they're allowed to run for office? That's a good question. 
You would think that's the least they would do. Fact of the matter is any dumb fuck can run for any office, and if he gets elected or she gets elected, they take office. Case in point, Donald Trump. He had no political background. He's a failed businessman. He was a shitty reality star, and somehow he gets elected to the presidency with a little help from the media and such. But uh, you're right, that should be the case. There's a lot of things that should be changed in our politics. You know, one of the things we were talking about, the Supreme Court, and, and somebody once brought up, you know, maybe with our Supreme Court, we should have a code of ethics. Really? You don't already have a code of ethics? The highest court in the land doesn't have any code of ethics that where they're just allowed to do whatever the fuck they want? Well, apparently they are, because that's what Clarence Thomas and some of these other idiots are doing. Um, what Donald Trump exposed is something that I think a lot of people believe for a time, but really couldn't prove. And this is what I've said about Donald Trump before, is that he brought a lot of uh, flaws in our system to the surface for all to see. And that might be good news. That might force people to um, do better. I don't think you're going to be putting any politicians through a battery of psychological tests. I don't believe that's going to happen. But maybe we can better hold these people accountable. Uh, now we know what's happening. We've seen how the sausage is made, and it's fucking disgusting. So hopefully we can keep a better eye on it and make people more accountable in the future. I'm not absolutely sure that's the case, but I'm hoping. But if you're waiting for people to get psychological tests or look at their records or do whatever, I guess the only accountability for a politician as far as their inequities or their flaws or lack of ability is laid on the shoulders of their opponent in the election. You know, we see all these elections where each one is calling the other out for their bad behavior or stupidity, and that's the only place it comes out. But in the case with like a Donald Trump or an MTG or, or whoever, Peggy, the problem here is the people who vote for them don't care. They don't care if they are bad people. They don't care if they're liars. <laughs> so the real problem isn't the politician. The real problem is the people that vote for those fucking politicians because they're just as bad as he is. How does that get fixed? I don't know. I don't know that you can fix it. I don't know that it's ever been fixed. But like I said, the best thing we can hope for is that... Uh, we expose these people, embarrass them enough so they crawl back under the rocks where they came from. At least take them out of the narrative, take them out of the equation and just put them back where they belong, under the rocks, under the radar. All right, let's get talking about some of the news that's going on. This first one is kind of out of the realm that I normally talk about, but this is significant and I think it's important to talk about. This took place in Regina, Saskatchewan. A series of stabbings in two communities in Canadian province of Saskatchewan left 10 people dead, 10 people dead, 
and 15 people wounded, authorities said Sunday. Police are looking for two suspects. The stabbings took place in a multiple locations on the James Smith Cree Nation and in the village of Weldon, northeast of Saskatoon, police said. Rhonda Blackmore, the assistant commissioner of the RCMP, Saskatchewan, said some of the victims appear to have been targeted by suspects, by the suspects, but others appear to have been attacked at random. She couldn't provide a motive. There, I think they kind of know who they are, but the last report they were looking for them. You know, it's strange. We talk about gun control. And we know that Canada has much more control over their guns than America does. They don't have the shootings that we have. But that's not to say that uh, crazy fucks can't improvise. You know, when you're talking about a stabbing, it's much different than a shooting. I mean, you get an automatic weapon or a semi-automatic weapon, you can fire multiple shots and kill multiple people. A stabbing's a much more different situation. I mean, it's more personal. But, of course, if you're just an average Joe walking down the street, somebody walks up and stabs you, who would have ever thought that? This is an appalling crime. Let's hope they catch these clowns that did it. And uh, I don't even know what you do with that. Do you do you put a restriction on knives? I, I don't know that you can do that. It's a sad day in Canada. I'm sorry to hear about this in Saskatchewan. And hopefully they find these idiots that did this and uh, punish them appropriately. Now, talking about punishment. <laughs> well, it's not considered punishment by the people who went But uh, Donald Trump had his first rally um, since the uh, search of his home. And, of course, he did it in Pennsylvania. The whole point of it was to help out Dr. Oz, who's getting his ass kicked by Fetterman for the Senate race there. So at his first rally since the FBI's raid on Mar-a-Lago, Donald Trump took aim at President Joe Biden and the Democrats' recent warnings about MAGA Republicans. Speaking to supporters in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania, on Saturday, the former president addressed Biden's primetime speech by deeming it the most vicious, hateful, and divisive speech ever delivered by the president. (laughs) He's bitching about a vicious, hateful, divisive speech ever delivered in the U.S. by giving a vicious, hateful, divisive speech. That's so Donald Trump, isn't it? Trump claimed Biden was vilifying 75 million citizens plus another probably 75 to 150 million if we want to be accurate about it. He's just pulling numbers out of his ass as threats to democracy and as enemies of the state. You're all enemies of the state, he told the crowd to booze against Biden. He's an enemy of the state, if you want to know the truth. The enemy of the state is him and the group that control him, which is circling around him. Do this, do that, Joe. Yeah, he's just a puppet. You would know about that, Donald, because you were Vladimir Putin's puppet. The crown prince of Saudi Arabia's puppet. Uh, Kim Jong-un from North Korea's puppet. See, it's all about projection. You know, it's funny here when Joe said that these people um, were semi-fascist and they got all butthurt and upset about it. 
So that's not fair. That's divisive. So Donald Trump gives this divisive speech and calls him an enemy of the state. And you know what? Not one of them will bitch about it. They will stand behind it. That's who these people are. They're not for the country. They're for themselves. That anything that's not for them is either fake, a hoax, or a crime. We're dealing with stupid people here. Profoundly stupid people. Trump railed against the speech further, saying it was nothing but hatred and anger from the president. He also noted that the red background for the speech, which numerous critics have mocked and criticized. How'd you like that red lighting behind him? Like the devil, Trump asked the crowd. (laughs) It's almost laughable. At another point during the Save America rally, Trump addressed the Mar-a-Lago raid, calling the investigation into whether he mishandled classified documents one of the most shocking abuses of power by any administration in American history. He always does that. He makes some shit up, and he makes it sound serious and intense. And that's that's his only defense against him committing crimes. In true social post about the raid, he has called the investigation a witch hunt. Oh, we've heard that before, the uh, witch hunts. And you know what's funny is every time he says witch hunt, it's never a witch hunt. And he referred to the original search warrant as a prosecutorial misconduct. (laughs) Well, they'd been asking you for seven months, Donald, and you refused to comply. Isn't that something the Republicans always say? If they just complied, it would be fine. Well, Donald Trump refused, literally refused to comply. So what do you expect? In a speech this week in Philadelphia, Biden referred to Trump and MAGA Republicans as a growing threat to the country. Too much of what's happening in our country today is not normal, which I think we can all agree. Donald Trump and MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundation of our republic, President Biden said. And, you know, he's right. I mean, look at where this country is now. We're hanging by a thread. Our democracy is at risk. And these people refuse to do anything about it except support it. The people, the Trump LaFucks, Donald Trump, and any Republicans that still follow Donald Trump, they are truly enemies of this country. And we should treat them as such. We should somehow get rid of them. And I'm not talking violence necessarily, but if they want to incur some violence against good people, well, then they'll have to suffer the consequences. But if nothing else, they need to be exposed, indicted, prosecuted, and jailed. That's the way to do away with these people. Take Donald Trump and some of the other people with the biggest mouths and shut them down. Once you shut them down, it's going to help everything with regards to what these idiots are trying to pull off and what they continue to try to do. So Donald Trump's big blowout weekend rally um, didn't do the struggling Republican candidates he endorsed any favors. In fact, the state's former GOP representative Charlie Dent insisted Sunday 
just by showing up in Pennsylvania, he is making the election more about himself. And of course, most Republican candidates don't want anything to do with him now before this general election, Dent told CNN. They want this to be about Joe Biden and the Democrats. But Donald Trump won't allow that. We know what happened in 2020 and why, because it was all about Donald Trump. What did Donald Trump or the Republicans do to gain more votes for this midterm election? Zero. In fact, they've done everything they could to get less votes. So the the Republicans are in a bad spot. They don't want to piss off Donald Trump. But you'll notice what's happening during the primaries when they were going up against their own Republican candidates, they sided with Donald Trump. Oh, yeah, I'm supported by Donald Trump because their audience was Republicans. But now that we're past the primaries and we're looking at the general election, and now that they're going to have to run against Democrats, they're pulling back from Donald Trump. They're going on their websites and trying to scrub off anything about overturning Roe v. Wade and anything about Donald Trump and being endorsed by Donald Trump. They don't want that. For the very reason I said originally, you know, back a few months ago, people were getting upset that Donald Trump's endorsees were winning primaries and they would be the candidate to run against the Democrats. And people were upset about that because they perceived that as Donald Trump being successful. And in a sense, he was being successful uh, for himself by getting these endorsees the um, candidacy. But while this was all going on, of course, the Republicans didn't feel that way. They knew what I know and what you know. The people that Donald Trump endorses are the crazy ones. And they are the weaker candidates. Mitch McConnell knows this. He's the one that said he didn't think that uh, Republicans would win back the Senate. In fact, he expects them to lose. He says it'll be close. Now, it, it actually can't get any closer than it is now. And there's going to be some ground made up by uh, Democrats in the Senate come the midterms in November. So to the extent that Trump inserts himself into this conversation, he's giving the Democrats a major gift right now, said Dent. Now, this is a former Republican. Well, I don't know if he's still a Republican or not, but he's a former rep. Uh, Many Republicans have been fearful that Trump will announce he's running for the presidency before the midterms because of the danger of making the elections a referendum about him and the several investigations targeting the former president. Well, whether he announces for the presidency or not, he has made this election about him, and that is the absolute worst strategy for the Republicans going into the midterms. Though he hasn't announced, Trump sounded very much like a candidate at the Saturday night rally and focused his two-hour speech almost entirely on his favorite subject. Not Dr. Oz, not Fetterman, but on Donnie Trump himself. He also championed his endorsed candidates who were trailing in the polls, former TV personality Dr. Oz, who's running for Senate in Pennsylvania, and a far-right gubernatorial candidate, Doug Mastriano, who's currently a state representative and a psycho-racist piece of shit. Oz, who spoke at the rally, as did Mastriano, we the people are pissed, he said. Clever. 
they appeared to distance himself from Trump as soon as he won the Republican primary in a bid for a broader base of votes. Now, I understand that some trump are a little mad at Dr. Oz because he's obviously trying to distance himself from Donald Trump. Den said he doesn't think Oz actually wants to be anywhere near Trump in this fall election, though he also can't afford to antagonize Trump. He's in a no-win situation. A high-profile relationship now with Trump doesn't do him any good, said Dent. He needs to win swing voters and independents and some Democrats, and it's hard to do that. When Trump is really just playing and pandering to his base, Oz is trailing Democratic Pennsylvania Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman, who has been bashing him as an out-of-touch, uber-wealthy, crudite-eating carpetbagger from New Jersey. And that's actually a pretty accurate description. At this point, Dent believes it was also a mistake at the rally for Trump to attack the FBI for confiscating classified documents he had lifted from the White House to stash at his Mar-a-Lago resort. I have to be honest with you. If any member of Congress absconded with classified material, I can assure you that somebody from the FBI is showing up at their homes and demanding they return the information, said Dent. So I'm not sure that the former president did anyone any good with this speech. It's like I've always said. It's like I've always said. Let Donnie talk. Let Donnie do what Donnie do. Because <laughs> he'll always fuck it up. You know, half the trouble, 90% of the trouble he's in now from his impeachments all the way up to this date. <clears throat> He's done nothing but made it worse. I mean, like the search itself. That may have gone unmentioned for a little while. We would have heard about it eventually. But Donald Trump had to open his mouth and say, well, they searched me and it's horrible. Oh, release the search warrant. Oh, release the affidavit. Now we want a special master. Every one of those things gave out more information and showed Donald Trump to be more guilty. Donald Trump did this to himself. And if you think he's going to stop now, don't even think that. He is going to make it worse for himself uh, in the next two months leading up to the November midterms. And um, it's going to get worse. And while in the process of making it worse on himself, he's also making it worse on the Republicans. So right now, Democrats should thank the Lord, or as Charlie Dent said, accept the gift that Donald Trump keeps giving, fucking himself over and fucking over his uh, party, because he is not doing him them any good. They don't want the uh, midterms to be a referendum on Donald Trump. But Donald Trump will have it no other way, and these people are too afraid to push back. They're in a no-win situation. And this is all good news for Democrats and uh, the midterms. So, as I've said before, I don't see the Republicans winning the majority in the House or the Senate. I don't care what anybody says. There is no real reason that the Republicans should win, and every number of reasons why they can't win because of all that's going on. All right, we'll take a quick break, and we will be right back. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. 
My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I think one of the interesting things about the FBI finding these documents at Donald Trump's home in Mar-a-Lago is that uh, they were in complete disarray. Not only did he steal these documents, but they were laid around willy-nilly. They were in his office. They were in the basement. They were in his fucking desk, for Christ's sake. I mean, there was no care taken with these things. When the FBI knew that he had these documents, they said, you got to give them to us, but until you do, you got to get them in a more secure situation. And of course, we know his answer to that was put them in a basement in a closet and the extra care and the extra security would be a fucking master padlock, which is absolutely ridiculous and shows how stupid these people are. Now, the stolen government documents discovered at Donald Trump's golf course, Mar-a-Lago, continued to prompt questions about former president's motivations. Why did he steal this information? Now, on one of the Sunday shows, former communications director and chief of staff to the First Lady, Stephanie Grisham, said that she's not surprised that all of the folders were mixed in with mementos and gifts. There were even articles of clothing, for God's sake. That is exactly what his filing system was, she explained. It was just boxes of things randomly placed together. When I saw the picture, though, and I saw the sheer volume of classified materials, and now we're hearing some could be missing, I just don't know how that amount could be put in those boxes and not be seen and not be noticed. That's what I've always wondered. Isn't there some kind of gatekeeper here with these documents? They come in, you look at them, these people take them back to a safe location. You would think that would be the case, especially if these are supposed to be in what they call a skiff, a secure room. How was it that Donald Trump could just hold on to them? Whoever was the gatekeeper, whoever was in charge of trying to keep these things safe, he just he or she just didn't do anything. I suppose it has a lot to do with Donald Trump saying, no, those are staying here. And when the president tells you that, I mean, what the fuck are you going to do? It was one of the pieces of information that former White House counsel Pat Cipollone and Patrick Philbin spoke to the FBI about the stolen documents. The New York Times reported last month They were both nominated by Trump to serve as the representatives to deal with the National Archives for the transition ahead of January 20th, 2021. Mark Meadows was the other one who just turned over some more documents, interestingly enough. The National Archives knew there were documents lingering in the White House residence as Trump was packing to move out, given those men were tasked with returning the documents. It's likely one of the main reasons that Cipollone and Philbin have been so forthcoming with the Justice Department about their handling in the final weeks. Trump ally Cash Patel also told right-wing streaming channels that the act of taking the documents to the residents from the Oval Office declassified them. No cash, it does not. 
And for you to say that, that is absolutely ignorant. I know you want that to be the case, but it is not the case. There is a process for declassifying documents, and nowhere in those documents is there any sign that they were declassified. Trump also claimed that he had a standing order to declassify anything he wanted. Both claims are false. Patel also said at one point that he aimed to post the documents on his personal website. Yeah, that sounds about right. My thought is, as um, Alyssa said earlier, Farrah Griffin, uh, is I think it's some kind of leverage, Grisham told CNN on Sunday. I do believe that some of it he thinks was cool. A former president has top secret documents because he thinks they're cool. And I do think he thinks he owns it, which he did not. And the fact that he did not give things back when asked over and over the course of a year, I think there's something behind it. But as Alyssa also said, it's the million dollar question to know exactly what it is. Farrah Griffin said that the Justice Department has an obligation to the American people to explain some of the details about what was in the documents, whether they were nuclear-related or military equipment, as well as letters from leaders or intelligence on world leaders. It was revealed last week that Trump had intelligence on the love life of French President Macron. Now, why would he have that? I'll tell you why he wanted to have that. If he needed Macron to uh, side with him on whatever, if he needed the French government to side with him, he wanted that leverage over Emmanuel Macron so that he could force him, or at least think he could force him, into lying for him. That's how Donald Trump does business. He is a fucking extortionist. He is uh, a blackmailer. He, uh, he's a horrible fucking human being. Former Homeland Security aide to Mike Pence, Olivia Troy, explained that had she done what Trump did, she would be in jail, which is true. I would be answering questions afterwards, to be honest, she said, about the seriousness the national security takes classified information. Honestly, even when finding classified information outside of where it should be stored— There was a responsibility to actually report that, to turn it in and self-report. That is how seriously we take this. So if anything like this were to be the case, anyone would be walked out. I saw people get walked out of the Pentagon for much less, you know, greater efforts like this. I mean, it is it is mind blowing to think about the fact that these documents were down here. And it kind of goes to what I was saying before. In addition to Donald Trump probably going down for what happened here, there's going to be a lot of people around him. Like I say, there are people to ensure the security of those documents. Of course, they don't leave it to the president. president uses them for what he needs them for or she needs them for, and then they are taken back to their safe places. But these people in charge of taking these things back to their safe places apparently drop the ball. Now, the question is why? The other question is, how culpable are they in this situation? They had a job to do. They had laws to follow, but they refused to do it. No doubt because they were pressured by Donald Trump, but because they were pressured by the president doesn't give them a free pass on their crimes. 
and their crimes will be exposed and they will be indicted and prosecuted. That's what's going to be interesting about this, to see how many people are going to be taken down. Mark Meadows will be probably one of them. But even anybody that's working was working with Donald Trump in and around the Oval Office. Now, a federal judge on Thursday struck down GOP Senator Lindsey Graham's attempt to completely avoid testifying in a criminal probe related to then-President Donald Trump's efforts to overturn the 2020 election results in Georgia. But the judge, U.S. District Judge Leigh Martin May, left the South Carolina Republican room to potentially wiggle out of some questions that could shine the light on the allegation he pressured the state's top election official to throw out votes that heavily favored Joe Biden. We know that uh, Lindsey made two calls as opposed to Donald Trump's one. Graham has acknowledged calling the official after the election, but denies pressuring him to toss out votes. Well, let's hope not for Lindsey's Lindsey's benefit that uh, they don't have audio recordings of that, too, because then it's going to be impossible for him to refute. Still, the ruling fundamentally forces Graham to do something. He's pleaded with a judge to excuse him from testifying before the grand jury convened by Fulton County District Attorney Fonnie Willis. After due consideration, the court again declines to quash the subpoena in its entirety, May wrote. As to the issue of a partial quashal, is that a word? (laughs) It's written here. I assume it is, but I've never heard it. The court quashes the subpoena only as to questions about Senator Graham's investigatory fact-finding on radio telephone calls to Georgia election officials, including how such information related to his decision to certify the results of the 2020 presidential election. Graham and his lawyers had argued that his post-election telephone calls to Georgia's Secretary of State Raffensperger reportedly about striking so-called fraudulent votes for Biden from the official count was part of his job as senator. Yeah, please explain that. That makes no goddamn sense. The calls came at a time when Raffensperger said he and his family were receiving death threats from Trump supporters angry at him for not falsely declaring Trump the winner. Which is interesting when we think about Lindsey Graham uh, threatening riots in the streets if Donald Trump should be indicted. Is he trying to save Donald Trump or is he trying, trying to save his ass? I'm thinking Lindsey's working for himself right now. However, Graham's lawyer said he made the calls in an official capacity, which they said protected him from the Willis subpoena under the Constitution's speech and debate clause. May's ruling means Graham can't spurn Willis's subpoena outright. It still leaves him room to argue dubiously that his call with Raffensperger was part of the senatorial duties. But Graham's lawyers will need to do that from a Fulton County courtroom while their client provides testimony. So, as I told you, he can delay, but he's going to have to talk. He's going to have to sit in front of the grand jury under oath and talk and answer questions. And isn't it interesting, isn't it interesting that uh, he doesn't want to do it? Man, he's scared to death to do it. 
because if he's under oath, he has to tell the truth. But unfortunately, everything he said up to this point is not the truth. So either he makes an about face on everything he's been talking about, or he lies under oath and risks perjury charges. Lindsey Graham isn't in the best position right now, and uh, he will talk. He will sit in front of the grand jury under oath, and he will talk. Now, this next story really kind of upsets me because it's happening in my very own home state of Minnesota. And the guy we're going to be talking about is clearly and always has been a piece of shit. And now we have proof of it or at least an illustration of it. Minnesota Republican Representative Tom Emmer managed Sunday to alienate a vast swath of humanity with a jaw-dropping attack calling abortion rights Chinese genocide. What? What's ironic about this thing with Tom Emmer, he's a Republican, granted, and he's all for overturning Roe v. Wade, even though it's going to destroy the Republican Party. Uh, He's coming from a state that's mostly liberal. He's coming from a state where they are not going to outlaw abortion. So (laughs) he blasted Democrats on Fox News for voting to protect reproductive rights, which he referred to as Chinese genocide bill. I would love to say, Tom, Please explain that in detail. Where do the Chinese come into play and where does genocide come into play? Emmer falsely claimed that the bill would have allowed abortion up to the moments before a child takes its first breath. Now, this is what they do. They make these extreme arguments that are not true and only the dumb would believe it. But there's enough of a dumb faction of people that it is problematic. Now, in a 219 to 210 vote, the House voted in July to restore abortion rights nationwide after the Supreme Court threw out Roe v. Wade protections that had been in place for half a century. There was nothing in the bill about allowing abortions up to moments before the child's first breath. The bill did not have the votes to advance in the Senate. That said... After November and the midterms, if we get a bigger margin in the Senate, then that bill can go to the Senate without going through the House again, because it's already passed the House. It can then go to the Senate, and they can codify Roe v. Wade, and then all this bullshit stops. It's unclear what Emmer meant by Chinese genocide. I think he just pulled this shit out of his ass. Apparently, China's longtime requirement that couples only have one child because of limited resources, that policy is no longer in effect. Emmer pulled out his racist and sexist card when he was asked by Fox News host Mike Emanuel why so many Republicans campaign for office seem to be trying to scrub their history. Remember what I said? Uh, Now that they're going for the general elections, they're trying to wipe out the fact that they're for overturning Roe v. Wade because it's not a winner for them. Surprising they didn't figure this out before they did this. I mean, it was very easy to find out in the polls that 73% of the people supported Roe v. Wade. Who would think that would fuck up an election? Well, stupid Republicans, apparently. So they're scrubbing their histories from their websites, their history of attacks on abortion rights, fearing voters' backlash. 
that shows you how um, how they lack so much credibility. I trust our candidates to know their districts and know how they're going to appeal to their voters to the votes that are going to turn out in November and elect them to the next Congress, Emmer responded. This is a guy right here in Minnesota. He pisses me off. I would love to interview him, but you know what? I guarantee you Tom Emmer wouldn't sit down with somebody like me or any anybody else because he's not very bright, he's not very articulate, and it would be so simple to make him look so stupid. I mean, he looks stupid on Fox News. Put him in front of somebody who's thinking with a reasonable mind and can't be bullshitted and won't allow him to bullshit. These are the times when I'd like to talk to these fucks. Somebody needs to do it, and apparently nobody in the media is willing to try. Now, if Democrats want to make abortion the main issue when every poll we have seen says the economy and the cost of living is the number one issue, good luck to them trying to defend their extreme position. Oh, you're going to take the higher road. You think you're going to win. Well, you know what the highest thing people are most concerned about now is, Tom? It's about the risks to democracy. And who's the ones risking democracy? It isn't the Democrats. It's you crazy fucks. So good luck in the midterms. You don't have a fucking prayer as far as I'm concerned. In fact, abortion rights have become an impressively powerful issue. I mean, we've seen the polls take a turn toward the Democrats, and a lot of it can be attributed to this overturning of Roe v. Wade. You know, we know that Deep Red Kansas voted overwhelmingly early last month to keep abortion rights in the state constitution. Elsewhere, pro-choice candidates have grabbed unexpected primary wins. Democrat Pat Ryan, a champion of reproductive rights, won a special election for Congress in upstate New York last month that had been fiercely targeted by Republicans. Some are now predicting a row wave in the midterms as opposed to a previously touted red wave. Again, why, why is this news to anybody? I mean, what this did is took constitutional rights away from 51% of this nation, all women. And over and above that, 73% of the people in this country supported Roe v. Wade. That would include Democratic males, but that would include a fair amount of Republicans as well. As much as they don't like the Democrats, I guarantee you they don't like the fact that uh, the, the Republicans have overturned Roe v. Wade. There's a lot of younger people out there that uh, saw that as a constitutional right and now have seen the Republicans, not the Democrats, the Republicans, take away that civil right. And the fact of the matter is that should be a red flag for anybody. No matter what constitutional right you have, whether you like that constitutional right or not, when your government takes that one of those things away from you, you should be screaming from the mountaintops because if they do it once, they'll do it twice, they'll do it ten times, and then we don't have a constitution anymore. A Democratic member of the House Select Committee investigating the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol said Sunday that he expects the panel's final report to come out by the end of the year, meaning the final report could come after the midterms, probably will come after the midterms, maybe as much as a month afterwards. We'll certainly 
by the end of the year because we're like Cinderella at midnight, Maryland Representative Jamie Raskin told Face the Nation on CBS. Our license runs out at the end of the year, but under House Resolution 503, that's a significant part of our responsibility to report to the American people how to prevent coups, insurrections, political violence, and attacks on the democratic process going forward. It was reported in July that sources have said the Bipartisan Committee has already started writing its reports, but there is still much debate over which direction it should go. A key question the panel will have to answer is whether the report should be included as a criminal referral to Donald Trump. I don't even know that they need to do that. Um, And here's why. Because... uh, There is already a grand jury for the January 6th committee. And if there's already a grand jury, they got to be looking at uh, Donald Trump since he is the kingpin of this whole insurrection. So what we can hope for with the January 6th committee is they expose a lot of information, not just to the DOJ, to all of us in the public. Once we know what went on, it's going to change the tone of the country. It will change uh, probably how people vote. Now, as much as they may not have the final report till the end of the year, we know that there is going to be some January 6th hearings in September and could extend into October. And then, of course, November, we have the uh, election. Now, by exposing all this stuff, none of it is going to help the Republicans in the midterms. And that's the best that you can hope for out of the January 6th committee. They can't indict anybody. They can't prosecute anybody. But they're exposing the facts to us and the DOJ. And we know the DOJ is already working on it because, as I said, they have a grand jury currently for the insurrection. Now, former President Donald Trump has repeatedly called for lengthy jailing of opponents. He claimed mishandled materials. This is the ironic thing about Donald Trump. Donald Trump was so caught up in Hillary Clinton's um, emails that he signed a bill that made the idea of taking documents like this more egregious, making the fines and the penalties greater. So what's going to be ironic is that when Donald Trump finally gets convicted, (laughs) as I've said before, give it to him and he'll fuck it up. So had he left everything the way it was when he gets convicted, because I'm convinced he'll be convicted, he would have had a lot lesser punishment. But because he did what he did, trying to own uh, Hillary Clinton, which, of course, didn't work because they found no proof, uh, now it's going to bite him in the ass. And if anybody deserves to be bitten in the ass, or bitten in the diaper, I should say, it's Donald Trump. Now, the former president is in potential legal jeopardy after the Justice Department search of the Mar-a-Lago residence um, because he's the one that made this a thing, that this is a big deal. Now, speaking in 2016 about the government's decision not to charge Hillary Clinton with crimes related to their investigation into her handling of classified material and use of a private email server while she was Secretary of State. Then-candidate Trump repeatedly promised that his administration would strictly enforce all rules regarding classified material. Clearly, 
That was a lie. On political corruption, we are going to restore honor to our government. Oh, that's a good one, Donnie. In my administration, I'm going to enforce all laws concerning the protection of classified information. No one will be above the law. Well, except you, of course, right, Don? See, this is it. This is constant bullshit that's flowing out of his mouth. Nothing he says is true. Nothing he says is meant. He just says it to try to get votes or money or whatever it is. Now, speaking in July of that year, Trump said Clinton's mishandling disqualifies her from public service. Well, they looked into Clinton's situation. There were no indictments, obviously no prosecution or convictions, and she was gone over with a fine-tooth comb. But now, Donald Trump, we know for a fact that you stole documents. We know it for sure. It's black and white. We know that you lied to the FBI about those documents. We know that you pawed through them yourself because there are witnesses and there are your notes on the fucking documents. It's ironic, Donald, that you would spout off about the mishandling of of top-secret documents in 2016 and what happens. You mishandle documents. Any government employee who engaged in this kind of behavior would be barred from handling classified information, Trump said. Again, that alone disqualifies her. And if that alone disqualifies Hillary Clinton, it has to disqualify Donald Trump. It isn't just Clinton who Trump was criticized. He also repeatedly called for the jailing of other opponents for what he said was the mishandling of classified material. So a big deal to Donald Trump back in 2016. And now they say it's akin to having an overdue library book. In 2017, when calls between Trump and foreign governments were leaked, along with communications between incoming National Security Advisor Michael Flynn and foreign governments, Trump suggested those responsible for the leaks should go to prison. <laughs> see, see the irony here? When, when uh, he's in office and information gets leaked out, or he just hands it out, which he clearly apparently did, instead of going up and, and, and trying to help the people who mishandled the documents accountable, he wants to go after the whistleblower, the person who brought it to light, to the DOJ, to the FBI, and to the general public. Trump also said several times that the former FBI director James Comey should be prosecuted in tweets pushing unfounded accusations that Comey disclosed classified information. A DOJ Inspector General report found no evidence that Comey or his attorneys released any of the classified information contained in any of the memos to members of the media. The IG's office referred the findings of its reports to the Justice Department for possible prosecution, and prosecutors declined to bring charges. One special note about this. The DOJ that declined to bring charges, that was Donald Trump's DOJ. He leaked classified information for which he should be prosecuted, one Trump tweet in April 2018 said, with another saying Comey should be in jail. But clearly he was wrong. But somehow he's had a change of heart now. He thinks it's not a big deal. 
to steal documents like he did. Trump also repeatedly and strongly called for the prosecution of his former National Security Advisor, John Bolton, following the publication of Bolton's memoir for his time in the Trump White House, the room where it happened. Trump said the book contained classified information. Well, and of course, they studied that, they investigated that, and found no classified information. Donald Trump when he was talking about classified information, he didn't even know what classified information is. He was looking for any angle to make his opponent look bad. And uh, he'd talk about, somebody told him, what, what about handling classified information? He doesn't know anything about it. He doesn't care about it. But he knows he can use it to try to own his, his opponent's. But then when it comes to him doing the very same thing, well, not a big deal. Not a big problem. This is who Donald Trump is. He has no credibility, no integrity. He's dumb as a fucking box of rocks. And he's a criminal. I don't know what more he has to do to be uh, considered a criminal, to be indicted, to be prosecuted, and to be found guilty. This human being, Donald Trump, is not only the worst president in the history of this country, he could very well be the worst human in this country. Remember, he helped to mount an attempted coup of this country. And then, among all the other things he did, he then tries to um, distribute top-secret money to adversarial countries. This man is despicable. He deserves to be indicted, he deserves to be prosecuted, and he deserves to be convicted. We have to wait and see what's going to happen with this, but clearly whatever Donald Trump has to say on the subject is of no value, is inconsequential because he's a fucking liar and he doesn't know what he's talking about. So anyway... We're going to wrap things up for the Rational Boomer podcast. I want to thank you for spending time with me today. I hope you have a great day, and we will be back tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.